one last. Joe Biden has announced a bipartisan deal on infrastructure with the GOP. But is the handshake agreement all show and no go? Ed Blakely is a former Washington insider now living in Sydney, Australia. My name is Sean Britton from the radio station 2SER. Find us each and every week wherever you find good podcasts at US of Ed, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Joe Biden has announced a bipartisan deal on infrastructure, hammered out with Republicans at long last this week, both sides coming together to rebuild American roads and bridges, tackle climate change, expand broadband access and remove lead from drinking water. However, this bipartisan deal is only part of what Biden wanted and is costed at $1.2 trillion, less than half of the $3 trillion originally discussed. Ed, is this good or bad news? I think the optics of him doing something with the Republicans is very good news because the American people will say he did a deal with the Republicans. That will shore up the center of the Democrats. The left has no place to go. Uh, It will also bring in some of the Republicans who are leaking over anyway, saying this is going to bring jobs for my kids. This infrastructure bill, as I said before, is a jobs bill, pure and simple. And he's got to deliver on that. If he delivers on that and comes back with a smaller bill on the social side, I think that $4 trillion, you can't do everything at once. It just leaves a mess and it puts two people on sit down money. So I think there are things to be done for the seniors. I think there are things to be done in early education. I think the forgiveness of debt for college students is a good thing. And many of the other uh, social infrastructure issues that were part of going all the way back to the Nixon administration uh, will be good to put back on the table. But beyond that, you become a welfare state. And that's not what the United States is all about. So I think this will be a one-two. One, get this infrastructure bill passed. Two, Court Romney and Mikowski and a couple others so they don't act foolish on something that they can't get through their party, but they say nice things about it and use budget reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And they still have one more budget reconciliation beyond that, because if they do uh, this joint bill, that still gives them two reconciliations and they would have only used one. Yeah, indeed, we've got this uh, separate reconciliation bill with the other promised measures. I mean, Joe Biden came out sort of uh, just a day or two after the initial announcement of the deal to say he would veto the bipartisan bill if he didn't actually get his way on the reconciliation one with congressional Democrats. Yeah, BS. (laughs) In terms of the bipartisan bill and the smaller price tag, do we have a real idea of, of what has been compromised? I mean, in particular, Republicans were set against raising taxes on the rich to pay for this. Are we still going to see those same measures uh, enacted? I think we'll see some small movement on the taxes uh, for the highest paid, but more on the corporations than the individuals. Uh, remember, the Republicans are mad at big tech. 
so they don't mind them being taxed out of existence. Uh, I think we'll see some movement on some things uh, like the gas tax, because the gas tax makes no sense as we're moving to electrical vehicles. So that'll be moved over and as it is here. But other than that, um, this is just a printing machine, printing these dollars and getting the flow through the economy. That's what it's all about. And repairing the damage that's been done. It wasn't done by Trump. And I don't wanna give Trump too much um, praise, mm. but much of the damage are things he said he was gonna repair and didn't. He had a month of infrastructure every other month aimed at the very same targets. He had a migration bill aimed at the very same people. But of course he couldn't keep his attention long enough to get those things done. So uh, let's Trump on. <laughs> uh, in similar news, in fact, relating back to Mr. Trump, uh, while we talk about votes, the House has voted almost exclusively along party lines to form a select committee tasked to investigate the January 6 attack on the Capitol. Nearly all Republicans opposing the legislation. Republicans blocked the independent panel modelled on the 9-11 commission last month, leading to this committee that would be hand-selected by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Look, Ed, we won't get too deep on this one this week, but any thoughts? Well, uh, this is to keep this issue in the, in the news. Uh, the issue is being kept in the news by uh, the Department of Justice, and now this investigation will help keep it in the news. This is to survive the next set of elections. If it goes out of news, it goes out of mind. And it's going to be a rough set of elections because of the gerrymandering combined with voter suppression. So uh, this is making news that isn't news. Everybody know who did it, why they did it. And even Trump's admits to it mm. when he's on the trail. He said, basically, if they hadn't uh, gone through that vote, Caroline, I would have won, well, which means I would have changed the votes. So we all know what this is about. They're keeping it in the news. Critical race theory, this is, you know, suddenly everywhere in the news as well as this new kind of front in the culture wars. Uh, critical race theory, it's an academic theory that claims to examine the way racism is inbuilt in certain systems and structures, such as law. Uh, it's always had its share of controversy, but Republicans have now really seized on the teaching of CRT, claiming it teaches that our institutions are racist and need to be destroyed from the ground up. That one from uh, Representative Jim Banks of Indiana. Ed, what's going on? Well, he can't even spell critical. <laughs> he doesn't even know what the theory is. Uh, it is a theory that basically says uh, race plays a role in everything. Critical race theory goes on here. It goes on in Europe. It goes on everywhere because colonization created this notion of race inequality. Um, fighting the race issue with critical race theory is helpful in some respects uh, and harmful in others. 
I think he could get rid of the theory and just tell the truth. And that would be enough. But again, this is no battle line for the Republicans to try to hold on to their people. And I've noticed on Fox News, they're calling critical race theory a way to take the United States away from white people. Mm. It's already taken away from white people. As we'll hear this week from Dow Myers, the majority of people in the United States will be people of color by 2050. And there's nothing that can be done about that unless the white people do their job and have some babies. Yeah, that's it. Just start popping them out, guys. You can't complain if you're, if you're not doing your part. No, no, no. Well, I've done my part. <laughs> Look, Elsa, I'll hold up my side. On this one, like top American general Mark Milley was called upon in front of the House Armed Services Committee to defend the military studies into critical race theory. Look, he said he wanted to understand white rage. And one rather telling quote, I thought, I've read Lenin. That doesn't make me a communist. I mean, i got to say the whole thing does remind me of a, a little scare the, uh, the, the American sort of government went through a few decades back. Yeah, a little bit red scare. Yeah. Um, I wish this were television. I could show you a picture of me walking into the meeting of the War College with all the major generals there mm. talking about how race has infected American thinking uh, in the military and how dangerous that is for the military itself, where the officers were predominantly white and the illicit people or something else have to fight the notion that these guys have deep bad thoughts about them and they'll sacrifice their lieutenant uh, rather than sacrificing their own lives. Uh, I gave that speech uh, in 1972 or something like this and you could have dropped a pen at the (laughs) end and then one guy stood up and looked right at me and he said, we don't want to admit this is right. And the others stood up too. They didn't clap, they just stood and said, we acknowledge what you say. So uh, this is not the first time for critical race theory. And that was a Republican administration. So we're going to military matters. Afghanistan, uh, military forces are reportedly days away from a complete withdrawal, well ahead of the deadline set for September 11th of this year. Up to 1,000 troops could remain behind to protect the U.S. Embassy and Kabul airport. However, there are serious concerns about uh, security in the region, obviously enough. Ed, what do you imagine it's going to look like once the vast majority of American forces are out? It's going to look like Iraq, where the only thing you have is one town is protected. Um, You can't win civil wars. That's a lesson that has been tried over and over and over. Countries intervene in other people's civil wars. They lose money, they lose people, they lose prestige. My gosh, why not go back and read Julius Caesar, please? Meanwhile, on the home front, America has been experiencing a historic heat wave. Uh, In fact, all of the Northern Hemisphere has been, with record temperatures 
taxing power grids and health. Hundreds dead in the United States and Canada as a direct result of this heat. Ed, a sign of things to come? Well, these uh, ups and downs in uh, temperature, uh, that's why we call it climate change. It's changing in both directions. Remember, was it four months ago, these places were covered in snow Mm -hmm. uh, that was thick and difficult to deal with? The grid was not built for either dimension here. Now Texas has a heat wave that's melting down their grid. Before it was frozen out, Abbott still hasn't done anything about this. This infrastructure bill has just been advertised very well by this de- these deaths and these terrible things that have been happening because the infrastructure is so poor. So um, this is an unfortunate uh, vote for infrastructure, but it better be done well. We don't want to see another Miami. Well, yes, indeed. In Miami, the the collapse of an apartment building has left at least sixteen people dead. That's as of as of time of recording, uh, destroying fifty five of the building's one hundred and thirty six units. Look, stunning uh, video and images of this. I know we don't want to speculate too much. This building, though was only 40 years old, and and a lot was known about its need for repairs for the past few years. But given this comes at a time where we're talking about America's ageing infrastructure, any thoughts? Well, just what I said a moment ago. But also, I think the age of the big apartment building is gone. I think that we are moving into very difficult territory as we try to construct structures in the sky and we don't know what's beneath them. A four to six story building, even if there's a collapse of the earth below, people might survive it. But a 40 to 50 story building, no. So I think the United States here has a chance to rethink its cities and we should rethink our cities and move almost to a Parisian model. The best research shows nine story buildings organized in the right way uh, and peppered through neighborhoods uh, and lower buildings than that, duplexes and so forth like Pasadena, California is the best way to go. The density increases, the building height does not and the communities are stronger. We've got to get away from big is better. And Trump has been on the campaign trail again. I mean, we're not really going to talk about that because, let's face it, it's the same old show. Rather, you know, the the news is breaking that prosecutors have told attorneys for the Trump organization that the, the, the company and its CFO will likely be indicted on criminal charges. We'll know more in the coming week, but these charges will likely relate to unpaid taxes related to benefits given to the Trump Organization executives. This is Teflon Trump, though. Nothing sticks. I'm sure his supporters... Oh, uh, uh, look, this is not a trial that is tempting to get Mr. Trump. (laughs) This is going after his organization. If they find an organization is repeatedly doing 
things that are illegal. They can close the organization. And don't forget, Trish James, uh, the state attorney, is running in the other direction. Have they violated their charter? What this amounts to is a Penzer movement that we're going to take away his assets and his ability to gain assets. Uh, putting a post-president in jail is not really becoming, but stripping him of everything. And then the possibility that Georgia could strip him of his right to run for public office is the best way to go. The best way to go is not keeping him as a martyr around in some Pennsylvania prison. Mm. And just finally, before I let you go, Ed, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, the former Defence Secretary under George W. Bush, a man of something of a complicated legacy, uh, has passed away at the age of 88 years old. Uh, Rumsfeld, he would have started around, uh, well, in Washington, around about the same time as you, Ed. That's right. Yeah. Um, I ran into Donald Rumsfeld. Remember, he started out as a member of Congress. Uh, served uh, in administrations in a variety of roles, uh, and that is uh, roles, top roles, uh, as members uh, of the cabinet. Uh, he was a quick-witted, very able, very, very smart man. Uh, he's much like McNamara, he had to be the smartest guy in the room all the time and was able to outwit you usually in any debate. The last time I saw him, believe it or not, was in New Orleans where mm. he came down for a concert and a horse race. And uh, he was dazzling the media there. <laughs> uh, he, he, he was the kind of person that you would see, you would say you um, were dazzled by, but you didn't respect or admire. It was more like a, a good show, but the actors had a lot to be uh, held for. So he was a good showman. And um, it's too bad he got us into Iraq. It was his doing. Ed and I will be back next week to talk all the latest in U.S. news and politics. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at US Event. And the other podcast is Pacific Conversations. You can find out more at edtalks.com.au. It's wherever you find good podcasts. This week's chat with Dow Myers out now.